Good morning. You're listening to the Daily Cast on Kilcullen Diary. I'm Brian Byrne on Friday the 16th of April 2021. The weather? Well, make the most of the bright morning with hazy sunny spells. It will cloud over somewhat by the afternoon and a temperature high of 12 degrees can be expected in light to moderate southerly winds. Not too bad at all. Our person of interest today is Mary Isabel Catherine Bernadette O'Brien, born on the 16th of April 1939 in West Hampstead, London, to Gerard and Catherine O'Brien. Her father was of Irish stock, raised in India during the British rule there. Her mother was from an Irish family in Tralee. And if none of that rings any bells, that's because Mary O'Brien became better known as Dusty Springfield, one of the most successful British pop and soul music performers over 30 years into the 1990s. She had a strong musical childhood in a family that loved music. Exposed to a range that went from George Gershwin through Duke Ellington to the jazz forms of Peggy Lee. When she was 12, Mary recorded her own rendition of an Irving Berlin classic in a local record shop. In the meantime, as something of a tomboy, she acquired the nickname Dusty while playing football with local boys in the streets outside her home. Her music career began after leaving school when she began singing at folk clubs with her brother Tom. He had been christened Dionysius O'Brien, but took on the professional and easier-to-remember name of Tom Springfield. Dusty took the same surname when they worked together. She then joined a group called the Lana Sisters, and over a few years she further developed her singing skills, microphone techniques and experience in live concerts. She rejoined Tom and a friend in 1960 to form the Springfields Pop Folk Group. They were successful, but they disbanded in late 1963 when Tom and Dusty went on to solo careers. Dusty's I Only Want to Be With You was one of the first songs played on top of the pops and earned her a gold disc. She subsequently became known as one of the icons of the swinging 60s, but unlike many of her musical compatriots of that era, she continued as a very successful performer for decades. She is noted as one of the best female rock artists of all time. Her Dusty in Memphis album of pop and soul is in the US Library of Congress, among a special collection considered to be culturally, historically or aesthetically significant, although it was never commercially successful. And among her many recordings was a title song for the Bond movie Casino Royale. Dusty had an up-and-down career in chart success terms, but she came through to remain a major star. A number of her records made it into films, but by the early 80s her star was in decline. Nevertheless, in part through collaborative recordings with other artists, including the Pet Shop Boys, she climbed back into musical contention through that decade. In 1994, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. With treatment there was remission, but it proved to be short. On the 2nd of March 1999, just short of her 60th birthday, she died in Henley-on-Thames in Oxfordshire. Mary O'Brien as Dusty Springfield, star, was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame two weeks after her death. And at her request, her brother Tom scattered part of her ashes on the cliffs of Moor in Ireland. Now to our feature of the day. Since 2006, Fallon's Restaurant has been a mainstay business in Kilcullen. 
Owner Brian Fallon bought the former Bernie's Bar following the destruction of the famous family Red House restaurant by fire some time before that. Over those 15 years, Fallon's has become part of the fabric of Kilcullen and, among other things, has helped to make the growing town a destination for people who like to eat out. Being closed for much of the last year due to COVID restrictions has been, as Brian Fallon puts it, challenging, to say the least. But he remains an optimist. We're still in, in good spirits and um, looking forward to reopening, obviously. Um, there's there's been, been, a, been a couple of challenges, I suppose, and, and probably more so for the staff. Um, it's been very difficult for them, you know, with, with such an uncertain future and the goalposts changing all the time. Um, so some people, some staff members have just had to look at their their lifestyle and their commitments and and to to go elsewhere for work you know which you know is really disheartening from you know when you try to keep a team together luckily enough the majority of our staff will return hopefully in in whatever number of weeks that it is that we get to reopen but in in, in fact personally i've been quite busy and i've been, been keeping myself busy so it, it hasn't been hasn't had a huge impact obviously financially it's it's a little bit tough but i suppose mentally it's actually quite good and and uh, i've been lucky enough to be able to tip away and i'm I'm, I'm not completely unable to 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 use tools so i've been able to you know tip away and do a few bits and pieces a bit of painting and a bit of decoration and refurb whatever else bit myself and and a little bit with help from from others but um so 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 mentally I'm, i'm i'm pretty good it's been bad we've been been very fortunate i suppose and that the government have been have been pretty pretty efficient and pretty pretty good to us in, in terms of closed businesses there's been support there uh, not only for staff when we were open but as we were closed there, there is a there is what's known as the crisp payment which which has certainly kept the wolf in the door the industry administration in terms of the restaurant association have done a, done a, a really really good job their main kind of uh, opinion at the moment is that the Chris needs to be doubled, but but I, I suppose without it, it would have been a really really treacherous time and a difficult time for everybody involved. Like I, I, have a, I have a couple of friends in other countries that that operate in the same industry and they're they're getting very little support. And in fact, it's Spain they get no support whatsoever. So we we are quite lucky um, that the government have been writing checks that they possibly can't afford to cash. Uh, and you're just wondering, you know, it, it, it has to run out at some stage. Well, looking to the medium term, there's growing optimism that restrictions may be eased to some degree in May, with the possibility of restaurants being able to operate at least with outdoor dining. But the industry will face another issue. One of, one of the, the main challenges we're facing at the moment is, is getting staff back to work. And if they open the hotels before the restaurant industry... Well, then there is the danger and a big fear in the industry that a lot of the, the staff that are furloughed will will be hoovered up by the hotel industry. Um, because in general, it's quite difficult to get chefs in particular. Um, service staff, difficult, but not as difficult as chefs. Um, so a lot of people have left the industry, some have left the, the country. So there will be a bit of a scramble to try and fill your kitchen buster, you know, when, when we do get the green light and uh, unfortunately if that's after the hotels which is looking likely they will have taken a lot of the, the guys that are sitting at home at the moment you know so that's that's a big worry for us 
Unlike many of his colleagues in the business, Brian Fallon decided not to do hot food takeaways during the restrictions. Instead, the gourmet garage idea to provide pre-prepared meals at weekends, along with for at least part of last year being able to offer some outdoor dining, helped keep things ticking over. This year's summer hopes hinge on outdoor dining. It would be tremendous if we could get even a small number of people to eat outside and I'm predicting that's probably what the summer will look like. Uh, we won't be dining indoors until certainly quarter three, not even September. So, so yeah, we're 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 hoping that if uh, if we're allowed in middle of May, we, we might be lucky enough to to have a couple of people, you know, whatever that whatever that looks like, whether it's a small number or they might reduce the hours. Again, in Spain, they were quite successful by bringing in a curfew at six o'clock. Uh, allowing you know food businesses to operate until then, and again, it's a probably a little safer in, in that you're not allowing late night drinking. It's pretty well accepted that dining space outside will become a new normal for some period of time, and because Fallon's had outdoor space at the back, they were able to try this during part of last year. Looking at it last year, it was great to have, but. Again, eating out in Ireland hasn't been hasn't been terribly successful because we really haven't invested in the right gear. And whereas, you know, in in Holland, they they have a wetter climate than us. They have more rainfall, and they have much colder months in the winters. So they seem to be able to now. They do get nicer summers, but they they have a very successful seventy percent year round. Um, outdoor dining and it's because they've invested in, in, in proper you know covering and proper heating facilities so I, I looked to to Austria to a company called Meissel I've seen it seen it in Austria before where they especially in, in ski resorts where where they were lying some days it's sunny some days it's snowing and they seem to still feed a huge amount of people outdoors by the use of these these um, quite adaptable um, umbrellas quite large umbrellas so that's the investment I made and uh, I suppose it's something that I've always wanted to do even pre-pandemic um, so this really just gave me the, the incentive the, the kick in the backside to do it so yeah I'm looking forward to having a few punchers underneath it to, to, to see what it's like. Depending on social distancing regulations that new canopy will accommodate between 20 and 40 diners insignificant comfort because the system comes with its own heating and lighting. And when some element of indoor dining returns, Brian Fallon is confident that the restaurant will be able to accommodate decent numbers without putting people under pressure. But will the customers be there, given how the pandemic has changed lifestyles substantially? Certainly, um, that has been a concern that, uh, you know, when people get out of, uh, out of the habit of doing something. It takes them a while to kind of rebuild the, the confidence. But apparently after the Second World War, there was all sorts of predictions of massive recessions. And in fact, it was quite the opposite. It was really, really buoyant, very, very good commercial period straight after the war. And it was, and it was due to pent-up demand, it was due to people being just more resilient than we probably give them credit for. And... I'm hoping that that's, that's what's going to happen this time around, that, that people are, you know, even though they've, they've all kind of changed their habits, they, they will want to get back out. And we're, we're social animals. We need to meet people and see people. And I think 
that desire and hunger will, will drive people back to the, their, their favourite haunts. Brian Fallon is pretty confident in the future of his own business once we start moving back to some level of normality. But will the overall restaurant landscape be changed, with a number of well-known names deciding not to return to the business? Some restaurants may have been under a little bit of pressure even pre-pandemic, and certainly for those, they probably had to look at, at their lifestyle and, and, and look at the, 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 the hardship involved, and they may not reopen. But, it, but generally, uh, I think... Uh, like, I mean, there's something like two and a half thousand members within the Restaurant Association. And I haven't heard of, of any really dramatic stories yet. Uh, and now I'm sure maybe that's, that, that there is there is hardship ahead of us. But I, I don't know of any restaurants that are definitely not going to reopen. In fact, some of them, most of them are, are quite bullish about, about uh, having got this far that they're going to reopen in some shape or form. Brian Fallon, looking to a positive future for his industry, hopefully in a nearer future. Continuing our browse through the local weekly newspapers. In the Leinster Leader, there's an interesting piece from Nuala Madigan in her Wildlife Watch. She's writing about hedgerows this week, which at this time of the year are a wildlife haven filled with a wonderful array of tree species, shrubs, wildflowers, nesting birds and mini-beasts. And then especially the early flowering blackthorn whose white petals signal an important source of nectar for the bees and the butterflies. It's a short column that's always worth the few minutes to read. Staying on the nature trail in the Kildare Nationalist, Brian Keller in his Living Greener column recalls walking through the countryside when his daughter was little, playing the game of raw cooked poisonous, where they identified the flowers which fitted into those categories. The relevant examples he gives were cowslips, which you could eat, elderflowers, which you could cook, and foxgloves, which, of course, are absolutely poisonous. It's country lore that we wonder, do the children of today get? A quick trawl through today's national stories. All the online outlets changed their leads this morning to the financial story about KBC Bank potentially exiting the Irish market as it explores selling its loan book to Bank of Ireland. Earlier this morning, the examiner's main focus was that hospitality may reopen by the summer in an upbeat forecast for the vaccine rollout. The Irish Times gives prominence to Health Minister Donnelly's statement that vaccinated people will be exempt from hotel quarantine, and RTE reports confirmation of a similar exemption for elite athletes. And the Irish Independent headlines, the Minister making no apology to anyone, the European Commission, the Italian Ambassador or anybody else, in his defence of the quarantine system. And then there's the breaking news of another mass shooting in the US. And on that sombre note, that's it for this week from the Daily Cast on Kilcullen Diary. Thank you for listening. Thanks to those I interviewed for our features. And we'll do it all again next week. I'm Brian Byrne. Have a good weekend.